Welcome to the Vacation Home Help Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping vacation rental owners self-manage their properties. Your hosts deliver short and sweet episodes with actionable advice, tips, and strategies to level up your hosting skills. Whether you are a complete beginner or have been in the vacation home rental business for a while, you are in the right place to get the tools you need to succeed. Here are your hosts, John Candelario and Tim Casey. John, my home is a no-pet home, so we've never allowed pets in the home. However, I do realize that some guests have service animals, and they require those service animals for their daily life. John, you educated me a lot about that when it came time to think about how to make that offering to the guests. Could you share that with the rest sure, of us? Sure, sure, Tim. So service animals are different from emotional support animals, and those are different from pets. So what's going on is uh, it's hard to differentiate between an emotional support animal and a service animal. But legally, if someone has a disability and requires a service animal, we cannot deny them opportunity to rent our home because it's actually illegal and we can be taken to court for that. And it's also wrong. <laughs> so we have to you know, make sure that if, if we get approached with that situation, that we respond appropriately um, and we're doing the right thing. So if somebody says, hey, I have a service animal coming, automatically you, you have to recognize what the law is and you have to respond in the appropriate way. You cannot tell the guests they cannot stay with their animal. You cannot tell them that they're not allowed to travel or that they can come without their dog because you're if you put that in writing, you're you're in a heap of trouble. So just know that and then also know that you can't ask certain questions. So you can't ask questions that are prying into what their disability actually is. You just can really say, um, is is a service animal trained? You know, if is a service animal helping you perform a specific function? but you can't really pry into their, you know, health issues. You can't ask what disability you have because it's, it's, that's personal information. Um, there's ESAs, emotional support animals. Those are like, those sort of stories you saw in the news, people bringing lizards on airplanes and peacocks on the airplane. And, and most of them are dogs and cats, but you do not have to permit an emotional support animal to stay at your house. If you're not okay with that, it's okay for you to say that you're not okay with it. If it's a pet, um, pet friendly Airbnbs, that's a huge opportunity to make money because there's not a lot of them. But if you're not okay with someone traveling with their pet, it's completely okay to say, you know, we can't host pets. I'm sorry. Um, but do it in a graceful way, right? And you had your own experience with this and you responded appropriately. Um, but hosting pets, that's a personal decision. Why do you choose not to host pets personally? You know, for me, our family has a lot of allergies. And I think about it from that perspective. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it's the right perspective. I just think about it from the, from the lens of, I don't know what guests are going to check in that may have severe pet allergies. So I just want to be respectful to everyone and offer a pet-free home so I can always express that with confidence. But I also know, being a pet lover, that uh, I've got some, some of my kids love to travel with their dogs. And they make their decision on where to rent and where not to rent if they can or can't bring their dog. So uh, I would never recommend go pet free or don't do what's right for you. But you're absolutely right. There's a 
big market for homes out there that's willing to take pets. Absolutely. And if, if you're on the fence about it, having a pet-friendly rental, you have to think of it more as just allowing dogs and cats. Because if you just allow dogs and cats and you're not really pet-friendly, that's, that's just getting your home very, um, very hairy <laughs> for like no apparent reason. But if you want to cater to that group, that's an awesome niche and you can really increase your occupancy. Um, but think of things that are pet friendly, like offer a water bowl for the dog. You can offer treats. So when they check in, you could put a little basket with some dog treats. They will go nuts over that. Just bringing your dog somewhere and seeing that someone took the time to greet your dog, that's pretty cool. I know people will share that with their friends and family. I, I checked into an Airbnb in Jacksonville and I brought my dog because it was pet friendly. They had a little dog bowl in the corner and on the on the desk when you come in, they left those little milk bone treats and it was really cool. And, it, and they had like little decorations that said welcome and it had a little dog. So it was neat to feel welcomed in that way. And I know they're getting a lot of bookings because they are pet friendly, but when you are pet friendly, um, you might have guests that want to come to your rental that they're allergic and it's a negative too, because you might have a family come in with pets and then one come right after them and they say there's hair all over the couch. Well, there will be hair in a pet friendly rental. There's nothing you can do to get every single hair out. If you have certain couches and sofas, the hair is going to stick to expect the cleaner to get all the hair out is not realistic. So if you're going to have a pet-friendly listing, make sure it says pet-friendly all over that thing. And you don't have to say there may be hair, warning, there may be hair, but you just have to make it really obvious that you host a lot of pets there because someone who has sensitivities and allergies, they probably won't book your place. Like you have sensitivities in your family, you won't book a pet-friendly place if someone in your travel group is really allergic. So I think that's important, um, but you can definitely carve out a niche if you are open to being pet friendly. But, but with the service animals, you can't reject or deny someone the opportunity to stay somewhere with a service animal. So just just be aware of that. And you know, John, I am a pet free home. And when I had a guest reach out with a service animal need, I reached out to you because I was not very well informed or very well educated. And you shared with me the questions that can be asked appropriately might be helpful to walk our audience through. What are those few questions that you can ask? Sure. So one of those questions would be, um, does your service animal perform a specific function, right? And that sounds so broad, but that's a way for them to explain why they're bringing the service animal. Um, and you cannot ask what is your disability. So I know you ask what questions can you ask, but you cannot ask what's your disability. Um, you can just ask, is a service animal trained? Is your service animal trained as a service animal? That's it. You can't ask for paperwork. A lot of people want to ask for documentation. You can't ask for someone's medical records, documents, training certificates. You're not allowed to, to request that stuff. So in a nutshell, it's kind of taking someone's word for it because people have lied in the past and said they had a service animal. It's horrible to do that, but people have lied and said they had a service animal and it's really not, but you can't really challenge that. And I'd question someone who even tries to do that because you can land yourself in like a lawsuit and it sounds extreme, but I mean, people can get offended if you question them on their disability. So it's just prudent not to do it. Um, and if you come into the situation, don't think of creative ways to get out of it. Like, don't think of denying the guests. And I want to talk about this in detail. 
you can't say, I'm sorry, someone just booked my property. Oh, I'm sorry, um, my property just came became unavailable. And then block your calendar and unblock it because what if that person sees you doing that? It's very shady. And if they see you block it and unblock it, you're going to get called out on it. So if someone does question you, like like if they want to bring a service animal and you you do something like that, it, it will eventually bite you. <laughs> no pun intended. So um, I know that there's a lot of people that even though it's a service animal, they really don't want the dog there, but you, you just can't do that. So before you host or before you continue hosting, you just need to be okay with it. And John, if you are hosting a guest with a service animal, as an owner, can you still provide guidelines such as the, um, the service animal can't be left in the home alone, not allowed on couches? So what are the guidelines that an owner can follow and still be both appropriate and um, pet, you know, friendly to the, the guest bringing that service animal? Sure. You can have like a house rules section for service animals. Or a house rules, like a little PDF you can send them of the, the rules for them. But it's basically saying like not to leave them unattended um, because animals, sometimes when you leave them alone, they get separation anxiety, even if they're trained and they could bite everything, break everything. So you could request politely that the dog or cat not be left alone. You can also say things like, you know, this furniture, um, if you could please keep the dog off of the sofa or off of the bed, that would be appreciated. Um, and that's completely fine. Um, but you you can't really go beyond that. And if someone does bring a dog, please, if you have a camera, like don't watch them. Both. Like I know a lot of people do that because uh, from my past experiences, um, I've had hosts tell me, oh, I saw the dog go in. I saw it leave. No one's there. But you can't be like monitoring everything they're doing just because they have a dog. It's an invasion of privacy. So just be okay with it. And if they don't follow those rules about like not going into beds to sofa, if they're left unattended and break something, you can hold the guests accountable for those things because that was in your rental agreement. It was in your house rules and you've asked politely, but you just need to know what not to do, what not to do, how not to offend someone, how not to be non-compliant. And it's more about not breaking the law. It's more about being a good host, right? So just being informed, and that's what this podcast aims to do, will set you up for success because you'll know how to respond to these types of situations. I think a helpful tip is if that situation occurs where maybe you're a pet-free home, but you're hosting a guest with a service animal, give you a cleaner, a heads up. Let them know that when this guest checks out, there may be a little bit extra cleaning required because it was a pet in the home. And, and that's just courteous to your cleaner to set them up for success when they come in to clean. Absolutely. And sometimes like cleaning up after a pet can incur additional cleaning fees, but you can't charge them because their service animals coming. So you might think, oh, can I charge a higher security deposit or can I charge them more for cleaning since I need to pay the cleaner? Well, you can't. So if you if you're worried about this, you just need to know you you are going to have to absorb some of this cost. So it's just part of doing business. You can't attribute an allocated cost for every single situation. And this is one of those situations where you're just going to have to eat it. Unfortunately, if someone comes with a service animal, you know, you should be really gracious and host them, host them like you would host anybody else and, and do a great job. And this is a cost that you will have to absorb, but just be prepared to let the cleaner know an animal was there and don't be sneaky. Like just say the situation as it is, and you're probably going to have to pay a little bit more to get it cleaned. So there's no evidence of a pet being there, but 
it's important to recognize that you cannot charge someone more money because they have a service animal. And this was an area that I didn't have much awareness. And John, you were incredibly helpful in coaching me through something I just didn't know much about. So number one, I appreciate that. But number two, as owners, if you're a first-time owner and you're just getting into it, just realize there's going to be a number of things that you're confronted with that you might not know what the answers are. Use your resources. Reach out and get the information before you make a mistake. Uh, it's just the best way to do it. Absolutely, Tim. And in the show notes, we're going to include some some resources that you can actually see um, and really broaden your knowledge so you know how to respond. So all everything I'm saying, it, it comes from experience, but I'm going to put some hard evidence that you could just you know reference so that you know how to appropriately deal with these situations and they'll be available in the show notes for you. Thanks for supporting us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Visit vacationhomehelp.com and click podcast for more resources on today's topic and more episodes that will help you level up your hosting skills. Let's get social. Connect with us today by joining our growing community of motivated owners at facebook.com slash groups slash vacationhomehelp. As a member, you will have access to sneak peeks and exclusive free resources. You can also connect with other owners with shared interests, learn from each other, the community, and from shared experiences. Again, thank you for supporting us. Until next time, take care.